Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology. Discover the best way to avoid the shave. Today we're going to talk about the Dyatlov Pass incident. In the late 1950s, nine people on a ski hiking expedition in the Soviet Union went missing. When a search team finally found their bodies, their remains featured a wide variety of injuries, ranging from hypothermia to massive chest trauma to missing eyeballs. Was this all caused by an avalanche, the Yeti, or Ian's obvious choice, a UFO? I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you've ever dreamt of ski hiking in the dead of winter in the Ural Mountains when it's 20 below zero, stick around. A cautionary tale awaits you. This is Necronomapod. Several very peculiar, bizarre things surround this event. Uh, one of which is that uh, when the tent was recovered, they found that a hole had been slashed in the side of it, and all of the team's belongings were left inside pretty much undisturbed, but the team were nowhere to be seen. Then when the bodies were recovered, they were found to be wearing hardly any clothes. Uh, they, they were wearing sort of sleeping clothes and uh, no shoes. So they must have dashed out of the tent, not even trying to open the door. They slashed the side open in the tent and ran out into the middle of the night. And several of them had uh, blunt, uh, blunt trauma, uh, concussions, broken bones, this kind of stuff, suggesting uh, that they'd been attacked, possibly. Okay. So we're settling with Dyatlov, 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 Dyatlov. Yeah, let me get. It's been like a 15-minute conversation we've now spent on this, and <laughs> now that we finally got it figured out, we're ready to start the podcast. Dyatlov, Dyatlov. Everybody yes. listening, say it with us: Dyatlov, Dyatlov, Dyatlov. <laughs> we go. Even Annalisa's back to <laughs> let us know how to do it. So Dyatlov, pass, Ian. So first, I have to give a big thank you to Christy, our good friend Christy from uh, Just Brew Coffee, for doing phonetic pronunciations of these <laughs> names for me and sending over. Because if she didn't do it, we're going to have to ask Annalise to do it, and we don't know how that would have went. <laughs> and and so this is very disappointing, because all week I've been looking forward to hearing Ian try to pronounce these fucking Russian names, and now that he has the correct, the correct pronunciations, yeah. it's not going to be as good. Yeah. We'll if, still laugh probably a little bit, I'm sure, <laughs> as he goes through these. If anybody heard unedited, unedited versions of this, there's a lot of words that I just get completely stuck <laughs> on. So, Well, there's like two vowels and 97 consonants in some of these words. I mean, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, these are pretty intense. So, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, in January 1959, Igor... Here we go already. Igor Dyatlov. Lov. Lov. Dyatlov. Dyatlov. 
was an engineering student at the Ural Polytechnical Institute, and he put together a team of nine others for a skiing expedition across the northern Urals in the, here we go, Sverdlovsk Oblast. Didn't do my research very well. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you say, Dave? I thought Dave said it pretty well. Sverdlovsk Oblast. Yep, sounds good to me. Soviet Union. I think Just Brew Coffee is going to pull their sponsorship <laughs> after this debauchery. <laughs> um, each member of the group uh, were really experienced hikers, and they were at a level of grade two with ski tour experience and would re- be receiving a grade three certification once they arrived back from the trip. At that time, the grade three was the highest certification available in the Soviet Union. So it sounds like to me they would, I mean. These are experienced people. It's like the best of the best, I guess, for survival. Yeah, top level. So this is kind of like cross-country skiing, right? It's ski hiking. That's how I thought about this. You're not like necessarily downhill skiing, although I'm sure these people are probably pretty good at it, right? Yeah, so it's like the shitty parts of skiing without the fun downhill parts. Are these the people that wear the tennis rackets on their feet? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what this is? That sounds horrible. Should we? It's snow outside. Can we just get tennis rackets and just walk? <laughs> and remember a few weeks ago when you would have pushed me out of the snow yeah. pit? We should have put tennis rackets on our feet and tried. And then we could have ended better. up like Dietloff. It probably would have worked out better for us. I would we hope. I, well, or better than them at least. Wearing um, a seven-year-old's pair of gloves <laughs> trying to push you out. So the goal of this expedition was to reach the Otorten Mountain, which was about six miles from where this incident took place. In February 1959, the route that they were taking was considered a Category 3, making it the most difficult route they could take. So, so I read that Otorten Mountain in the native language there stands for, uh, or translates to, don't go there. So <laughs> perhaps they should have studied up before they went there. Off to a bad start from the get-go here. Was that the Manzi tribe? Yeah, the, Man- that the Manzi, that? yeah, the natives. Don't go there. It's, I mean, it kind of seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, maybe. The members of the team included. Are you going to read these in a Russian accent? I, that might make it even more interesting. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can do a Russian accent. <laughs> What do you mean, Ian? Please. <laughs> there you go. Maybe you should read them. <laughs> no, have at it. You're the voice guy now, Dave. You might as well. All right. The team consisted of Igor Dyatlov, Yudi Doroshenko, Ludmila Dubinina, Yudi... With a lot of so- vowels and consonants. A lot, lot going on. Yudi Krivonishenko, Alexander Kovalato... Oh, fuck. Kovalatov. Kolevatov? Ko- yeah, Kolevatov. Let me see. Zinyata. Kol- oh, man, what the fuck? Do you want me to try reading them? Yeah, go for it. Where's the... And you were no. doing okay. I just... No, if- you can absolutely go for it. This was as great as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Eeyore Dyatlov. Yudi Doroshenko. Ludmila Dubinina. Yudi... Krivnoshenko, Alexander Kolev- Kolevatov, Zineda, holy fuck, <laughs> Kolohomorhuva, Rustem Slobodin, Rustem Slobodin, Nikolai Tibobrinol, Semyon Zolotaryov, Yudi Yudin. Oh, 
All right. That was outstanding. Great job, guys. Well, I probably butchered that. Perfect. It's about as good as it gets for me. All right. That that in itself deserves a uh, a drink. <laughs> Thank you again to Christy for for helping us out there. We probably still butchered the oh the shit. shit my mic's on mute. I'm just kidding. Motherfucker. <laughs> That was a very, very nice job, gentlemen, <laughs> reading the names such a way. I'm just going to end up doing a Borat voice by the end of this. This is very nice. <laughs> you did I am from Kazakhstan, and that was very nice. I like you peoples. <laughs> You'll do this, Gypsy. My I'm, sister I was a top tears. hooker in Kazakhstan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So let's get into the timeline of events. January 23rd, the group took train number 43 from, Dave, you said this name? Sverdlovsk. To the city of Sirov. January 24th, the group arrives in Sirov, where Yudi Krivonoshenko was detained for soliciting and singing out loud, uh, and then was released, and also a local drunk accused them of stealing his vodka. Of course, it's vodka. (laughs) Soliciting hookers? No. So when I read the book, Dead Mountain, this guy, he brought a guitar with him everywhere and was Mm -hmm. just having a good time singing. And that that was pretty much all he was doing. Maybe uh, soliciting is like he was getting money from people? No, he was just having a fun time Hmm. singing in the Russian police. They weren't having the the good time he was trying to have. Wasn't the greatest place, I'm sure. No. January 25th, the group arrived by train in Ividel and took a bus to Vizhay. Sorry, cracking a beer over here again. <laughs> January 26th, a truck takes the group to a logging community called the 41st Settlement. And it was also known as the 41st District or Quarter. When I, I don't know, when I was also reading the Dead Mountain book, it sounded like um, like it was just like a logging place where guys just went and lived there for. X amount of time just to cut down trees and shit. I mean, we're talking about a pretty isolated place up here, up in the Ural Mountains. Yeah. There's not much around there. Uh, January 27th, the group hired a sled to take them 24 kilometers to uh, the North 2 mining settlement, which was abandoned. Um, January 28th, Yudi Yudin goes back with the sled because he got sick, and Mm. the group spent the night in the banks of the Lozava River. Isn't he thankful? Oh, yeah. It's like the guy that misses the flight that crashes. Right. Mm -hmm. Final destination stuff going on. Has he written a book or done anything? He's, um... Not to jump, but you might have... No, no, in the Dead Mountain book, he does... The guy that wrote that book meets up with him. Really? Yeah, and it's a really good book. But he's... I mean, ultimately, he's the one a lot of this information comes from because that he was able to provide kind of the... Right. Some background You know, all this activity yeah, was before a part all of the this started. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, January 29th, the group using skis made their way from the Lozva to the Espaya River where they could spend the night. Um, January 30th, the group pitches a tent on the banks of the Aspaya River. January 30th, the group tries to ascend the shortest way from Espaya to the Lozova River, now known as the, the Dyatlov Pass. And goes back to the banks of the Aspire River that night. February 1st, the group lightens their backpacks at this camp, only taking essentials. And they plan to come back and get that stuff on their way back from the trip. They started late in the day to get moving. Um, They went 500 meters off their planned route. They ended up covering two kilometers and pitched their tent on the north slope of the Kolat Siakal. 
February 2nd, all members of the group mysteriously die. February 12th, the group was expected to return in Vizhay. February 21st, a search party goes out looking for them. And on February 26th, their tent is found and an official investigation is launched into their disappearance. So kind of unlike our other stories, the aftermath is going to be the main point of discussion yeah, here. Not a whole lot to talk about. With the, I mean, you're the covering death. all the activity up front. Right. So next week, folks, we're going to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Got any shout outs today? <laughs> when their tent was found on February 26th, it was halfway torn down and covered in snow. All of the group's belongings had been left behind. Um, and from the scene, it could be visibly seen that the group had frantically fled their camp. They found nine, sense, nine sets of footprints that looked like they were wearing socks, a single shoe, or barefoot that led towards the edge of nearby woods. But after 500 meters, the tracks were covered by snow and forensics determined that the group had frantically cut their way out from the inside of the tent. So that's the most interesting part of the story, I think, that they cut themselves out from the inside of the tent right. in a panic. Yeah. Did not even have time to unzip the tent. Had to leave immediately. My first thought reading it was like an avalanche. Like, it just it came down. It, they got trapped in it. They had to cut themselves out. They, that um, was my first initial thought. I know we haven't sure. finished the story. Yeah, initially they thought that some someone had cut from the outside, but then they had forensics come in and they did some tests and stuff and they were able to determine that the way mm-hmm. the knife was and like how the tent was frayed and stuff, right. that it came from the inside. So right away, I mean, it, it sounds creepy, you know, right off the bat. That something scared the shit this, out of them. This enough. sounded creepy when you told me they wanted to go hike through this desolate <laughs> mountainous area in Soviet Union in the 50s. So slightly into the woods, searchers found the remains of a small fire and the bodies of Yudi Krivonoshenko and Yudi Nagana 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 work here anymore. Yudi. <laughs> <laughs> Doroshenko. Mike, it's very disrespectful to these, disrespectful to these victims. And we're all about respect on this show. We're What's never that voice disres- you've been doing for the last week now? <laughs> Poor girl was 66 pounds when she died. Annalise is not here today to defend herself. <laughs> Neither are these people. Fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> Um, both of them were found wearing their underwear, shirt, and no shoes. So when they say underwear, it's like, um... Like long johns. Yeah. 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 Um, their official cause of death was determined to be from hypothermia. The branches of the cedar tree that they were found under were broken up to five meters high. And initially, they thought it was from gathering sticks to start a fire. However, when they brought in the forensics team, it was determined that large parts of skin were found in the bark of the tree, like going up, and their hands were all tore up. So it showed that they were like frantically trying to climb this tree right. to get away from something. And it's forensics also determined that someone had moved their bodies after they died to a face down position. Which is the, the second creepiest part of this story. Yeah. Or maybe even the creepiest that's, part that's of the skin story. That skin on the tree still creeps me out too. I mean, which makes sense if you're trying to get up the trees yeah you're gonna get fragments of skin coming off on the branches why are they frantically climbing yeah i guess there were some spots that happen on your body like post-mortem it it should have been on their side it it was on the front they were on the front of them 
So that's how they knew that somebody had moved them, I guess, because they should have been somewhere else on their body. But instead, all these. So is there any reasoning as to why they would have been flipped over or just someone moving them? And that's just how they threw them. Well, we'll we'll get into it here. There's some there's some thoughts on on what happened, why they would have been moved. So on February 27th, searchers found the bodies of Igor Dyatlov 300 meters from the cedar tree in Zenaida Kolomogorov 630 meters from the cedar tree. And then six days later, on March 5th, Rustam Slobodin's body was found 480 meters from the cedar tree. Igor Dyatlov was reported as being lightly dressed, wearing no shoes. Zenaida was reported as being dressed better than the rest of the group, but not wearing shoes. Both of their deaths were determined to be caused from hypothermia. Rustam was also considered to be better dressed, and he had one boot on his right foot. His death was determined to be from hypothermia, but he had a small skull fracture and abrasions on his face and arms. The positioning, how they found their bodies, suggested that they were trying to get their way back to camp. So I think what's important to note here is that, you know, these guys had no shoes on. They were underdressed. They were in their underwear. So something must have been, there must have been imminent danger to cause them to leave, you know, to cut themselves out of that tent. It was negative 20 degrees outside with the wind. And you're not going to last five, ten minutes out in those, you know, conditions with no shoes. So... Right. Whatever whatever happened was must have been terrifying was, yeah. to these guys. I don't like taking my dog out when it's 40 degrees outside, <laughs> let alone running out of a tent in negative 20 plus wind chill. With no shoes on. With no, With shoes, no shoes on. Negative yeah. 20. The remaining members of the group were found on May 5th under four meters of snow in a ravine that was 75 meters farther into the woods from the cedar tree. There were signs that the clothing from those who died first had been taken by them for survival so the two that were found under the cedar tree that were moved face down it's thought that they took their took clothing from them so could it have been just been those people that moved their bodies face down yeah that's what i mean like that's that's what you're getting at okay they died first so of course they're gonna take the extra clothing right because ludmila she was her body was found and her foot was wrapped in a piece of krivenashenko's underpants and she was also wearing his brown sweater so she took, you know, mm-hmm. took his clothes. And this is this is where it even gets weirder. His brown sweater tested positive for radiation. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But I mean, but I guess it depends on what radiation levels, right? I mean, do dental x-rays provide that kind of residual level of radiation? From what I was reading, it wouldn't it was too strong to be too something strong? that they were previous like the you okay. didn't wear that sweater and get something on you yeah. know okay. it was too strong to be something like that yeah that's another very interesting part of the story the radiation level and so in her death her cause of death was determined to be caused by major chest fractures and she was also missing her tongue eyes parts of her lips and some facial facial tissue and a small piece of her skull was also missing she got fucked up yeah, and I know one of the examiners said that the the chest fractures would be like something you would see in a car crash, right? Versus like blunt force trauma from a baseball bat or you know, right. like combat something like that. Yeah, I'm missing a lot of her face though here too. Yeah, Semyon was found wearing Dubonina's faux fur coat and hat. Oh, a f- she had a faux fur coat. Pretty socially conscious in 1959. <laughs> She's against fur in the 50s. <laughs> Kudos. She was ahead of her time. I like it. 
Um, he had a camera around his neck and a pair of leather shoes on. His cause of death was determined to be from major chest fractures, and he was also missing his eyes. See, this story just gets crazy <clears throat> and crazier. Yeah. It's weird as fuck. Alexander was found wearing, he had a sweater and pants on. Both of those tested positive for radiation. His death was determined to be from hypothermia, but he had injuries to his head that left his skull exposed. Nikolai was reported as being the best dressed of the group. On his feet, he had woolen socks and boots on. His, best dress meaning like the most covered for the weather, like weather yeah. appropriate or like he had a snappy no i think he was snappy. tuxedo like, on and like i think people magazine shoes. people magazine was like best dressed and worst dressed of diatlov <laughs> he won best dressed like how they always called uh barney hill a snappy dresser that's right and his wife a crack whore <laughs> wow Every episode, Betty Hill gets demeaned. You guys bring them up every episode. I simply point out the facts. Rest in peace, Betty Hill. Um, he had multiple fractures to the side of his skull that would have left him unable to go f- move forward anymore. So it's like not, he wouldn't have been able to function. Yeah. So it sounds like whatever happened, whatever hit him in the head, just he dropped and then died from hypothermia. Yeah. Ian, you had mentioned that Semyon was found with a camera around his neck. Right. So, was there any pictures taken? Was there anything to that? Yeah, that's where it even gets a little stranger. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We'll be right back. We like to drink beer. A lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than just brew coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out in social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. So before we get into theories about what happened to the group, um, we got to hit up the controversy with Semyon's camera that was found around his neck after he died. Um, The group's log of items showed that they had four cameras on them, which were all found in the tent. Yui Yudin which was the guy that got sick. He was the one that got sick who didn't make the trip. Final destination guy who was smart and went home. He designated survivor, if you will. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He confirmed that there were four cameras, which means no one in the group, or at least Yudin, didn't know about this fifth camera. So the, the big question with that is, with all this panic going on, why would that be something that he grabbed? Zola Terryoff. Yeah. Why did yeah? Mm-hmm. Why did he grab his camera? 
And why did no one else middle. know about this camera? Right. If the other all four cameras that they thought they brought were accounted for. Right. So what if he, when when all this panic took place and they cut themselves out of the tent, what if this guy was outside of the tent, maybe taking pictures or something? Could that be why he had his camera on? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. How was he dressed? What, what did we say he was dressed in? If he was going to be outside, he would have been at least prepared to it's be true. outside. Was he one of the ones that had... You know, appropriate clothing and wool socks and boots on, because maybe he was not in the tent. He, yeah, he was. He had um, Ludmila's faux fur coat and hat on, hmm. and he had leather shoes on. So when you say the fur faux fur coat, I just keep thinking of the scene in Christmas Vacation when he's trapped in the attic <laughs> and he wears the wrap. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And he's putting yeah. on the old gloves and he finds the old film footage. That's how I picture him dressed right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so maybe that. I mean, he did have. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a plausible explanation for this. Right. This fifth camera. It's just kind of weird that, you know, like today, everyone has a camera. Right. Now, like it's this your Yuri, Yeah, like this Yuri guy specifically recalls how many people had a cam. You know, it's just yeah. kind of it's, it's a strange thing. Well, it seemed like they were real meticulous. Yeah, the like they really knew yeah. what they yeah, had. Yeah, that on makes them. sense. Well, and you had to because. You wanted to one pack efficiently. Right. You didn't want too much stuff. Right. You probably counted every single bit that you brought with you. And then like you had mentioned earlier, they were dropping stuff off at camp before they got to like the, the tough part right. of the trip that they were going to pick up. So that makes sense. It does make sense. But then it, what doesn't make sense is why he had a fifth camera and no one knew about. Right. Or at least you, Yudin, who survived, didn't know about Well, it. and he was sick, though. I mean, maybe he miscounted. Like I, I just, I guess I just you could. Have. I mean, there's like room that. for I human error. Yeah, of course. Okay. I don't know. Zolotarev sounds like a time traveler to me. <laughs> is he? Uh, fuck. East of the Rockies, time traveler. <laughs> you're, you're on. What the fuck is his name? Now it's Dave. No one gets that joke. No one listened to the Art Bell episode. <laughs> yeah, the Art Bell episode. <laughs> least listened to of ours. Go back and listen to the Art Bell episode if you didn't listen. Yeah, to Yeah, that was, it was a good great. one. I really. Enjoyed you will it. hear a remote viewing experiment. Olivia Wilde giving <laughs> Jason Sudeikis a blumpkin. John Tidor. John Tidor, time traveler. There it is. We, we solved this. Maybe it was John Tidor. Maybe. Better yet, Olivia Wilde blumpkin. <laughs> it's worth the price of admission, folks. Check it out. So his camera had 10 frames in it. The cut edge matched the previous strip, which had 17 frames. The previous strip of 17 frames covered pictures that he had taken earlier in the trip. Both strips had no damage, but there was a small section of underdeveloped film on the 10-frame strip that had a little bit of water damage and was getting kind of stuck together in the developing tank. The most controversial aspect with the examination of the pictures that he had were that nine frames were missing. There should have been a total of 36 frames, but the two strips only had a total of 27. I feel so like that, photography nerds have a boner right now with all this talks of fr- frames and strips, and you might as well just be speaking a, a foreign language yeah. to me. I mean, so I guess it depends on who ultimately developed this film and yeah, how they went about it, right? I mean, that gives fuel to conspiracy theory sure. stuff right off the bat. Which gives Necronomapod a reason to exist. Right. <laughs> um, but there is other, it, there's a lot of information out there that they weren't cataloging this stuff the best. So it could have easily. investigation, keeping track of the evidence not very well. Yeah. And I mean, you got to think too, they're out there doing this investigation and 
minus 20 weather. I mean, I'm, well, and how, know, how far from civilization, too. Right. It's way the fuck yeah. out there. So Absolutely. Well, plus it's the Soviet Union in the 50s. So, yeah. You know, take that as you will. So the 10 photos from his camera are very strange. The first picture that it's accepted and agreed upon from people that, that research this and Yui Yudin and people that are real close to the case agree that it's um, shows three of the members, the tops of their heads with a bright light behind them. Okay. See, I looked at that photo and I don't see that. I don't think, and we'll we'll post it out there for people yeah. to see. Yeah, I'm not sure and what I see. In that I'll be picture. interested to hear people's feedback. But what's crazy is if that's the most, if that's what they consider the best photo, the rest just go downhill from there with right. trying to be able to make sense out of anything. Yeah, they're all weird, creepy photos. Right, they're, they're all weird, and they, I mean, they're all up for debate. And but they clearly show some form of a bright light. Yeah. So I don't know what would be making that yeah. that light out there, but well, but, this is coming from someone who knows nothing about photography or camera work. But could that not just be like the flash hitting like a snowflake? I I don't know. It could be a UFO. It could be a setting sun. It could be could be a snowflake. It could be a snowflake. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll, I don't, we'll I don't post know a, we'll post works. a bunch of the pictures, see what people think. Uh, maybe I'm just being. Uh, Pessimist here ruining the story. It could be Nikita Khrushchev in the 50s ordered this to be all covered up and the murder of these uh, students will go unsolved. Yeah. Well, not if we we're going to try to dissect it. Not if it. we have anything to say about that today. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, so let's get in. So that's essential. That's the story. That's the end of the story yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, and then there's from that just theories. Right. Yeah. I mean, that. yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, even today, there no one no one knows what happened. Right. Actually, just this month, the the Russian government reopened the case. Right. They're going to take another look at it. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, really, it's just the timeline, their injuries, and you know, and then some of these pictures that are you can make kind of whatever you want out of. Right. And then there, like like I said, there's multiple theories and. Um, we'll go over some of the popular ones, but there's ton more than than what we're gonna yeah, go sure. over. There's there's a ton. I mean, out and there. all these records end up getting locked up in the in the Soviet vaults, right? You know, it was a different kind of time. I mean, the the records of the the like the Russian Revolution and the the royal family getting executed and stuff. Those were you know those records were under lock and key for eighty years. So. Yeah. So where you had mentioned that they're reopening the investigation, are they going to release any of that now with their investigation being open or we really just have no clue? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? They. So why are these theories, why are we choosing these theories? These are the most popular. As, and most widely accepted? They're just the ones that come up the most. Okay. I have my own theory too that, you know. I like to put forth. Would you like to do it now? No. You want to wait? I, I, no, I like okay. to, let's go through the popular theories. All right. So the first theory that they um, that the investigation looked into was the Manzi natives. They were an indigenous native people that they kind of got the shit end of the stick from from the Soviet Union. Like other natives got were recognized mm-hmm. more, but the Manzis, for whatever reason, they basically told them to fuck off. So, yeah, I think a lot of people got the short end of the stick well, from the yeah. Soviet Union. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like the Manzies got it the worst. <laughs> so they were the first to be looked into because they thought maybe there was some resentment. They ran into these 
to these students and they had just had some resentment towards the Soviet Union and and decided they to They were an angry people. Yeah. So and I pic- I picture so. this like cannibal holocaust where these <laughs> native people running around murdering and eating these people who venture into their village but I guess it's probably not like that. I don't believe did I see that movie? I don't think I've seen that movie. If you've never seen Cannibal Holocaust, I, I strongly I encourage you to watch it. So the Manzi often, they camped near where the group had set up their camp on February 1st, the night that they died. There was a Manzi camp northeast of where the Dyatlov group pitched their tent on January 30th, and a trail led to the Manzi camp, passing 200 feet from the Dyatlov camp. So, I mean, they were pretty, the Manzi were very close. close. Yeah. yeah. 200 feet yeah it's pretty yeah. fucking close yeah you can wave right <laughs> um initially it was thought that this area was a place of sacred religious stones and and pagan prayer houses to the manzi but that was quickly found to be untrue by the investigation so i mean they thought that they could have been camping on some sacred ground and the manzi got yeah. pissed right i don't think that's what happened here no i mean that's a very logical explanation. Yeah. It I just mean, doesn't seem like there was... Yeah, well, the investigation determined that there was nothing like that in the area. You know why? Because all these people died of hypothermia. Yeah. You would have expected those those trauma wounds to all of them if that was the case, right? Right. Yeah, you would expect. The well, biggest... let's say that, say that again. Like, half the victims died from hypothermia. Okay. So if they were attacked by, you know, a native tribe, I, I would expect to see those... Those 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 blunt force trauma wounds to all of the victims. Not like half of these people froze to death, and half of them had. But those... didn't almost all of them have some kind of trauma to their no, body? No, no, not necessarily. I mean, is that just three we... of them? Just kind of superficial trauma wounds. Not, but they all died of hypothermia. So we we just went back we, when we went through that before. There was only three of them. The one lady, half her face was missing. Right. The one guy had damage to his skull that he c- couldn't move. Right. I thought there was like three other people that other, had head injuries. Two, some of them had chest trauma. Those were those last three. Yeah. So that was all from the same three people. Yeah. Maybe I zoned out for a paragraph <laughs> or two. I mean, five people died of hypothermia, right? Five, five or six. Yeah. So that's just not consistent with. In the one something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you would assume that they would have all been attacked right. in some right. in some form. The big thing going against the theory of the Manzies was that no items were taken. The Manzi would have 100% taken items to use as currency. If they didn't take it for themselves, to use as currency okay. to trade with other Manzi. Makes sense. Like those four cameras sitting in a tent. It, they would have 100% took those and, the and traded them. And the fifth one on, on uh, Zolotarev, or what was his name? Uh, the fifth camera guy. Yeah, Semyon. The Zapruder guy. Yeah, Zapruder they, film. They, I mean, they uh, they wouldn't have just left that camera on his neck. Yeah, you know? I agree. Implausible. Um, yeah, they they took and they took a bunch of uh, Manzi natives into custody and questioned them, but the investigation dropped the theory on them. Yeah, it's poor Manzi's man. Yeah, they were they cut were, off by the government, blamed for the murder of these people. Yeah, what was it was like. Um, it was something like the Soviet Union allowed all the, the these native groups to be recognized. Somewhere in the, like, I, I don't know, like in a governmental way, you know? But the Manzi, they just were like, you're not even being recognized. You're just okay. going to... Second class citizen. You're just going to live out in the mountains and okay. we're going to forget about him. Good thing our country never treated natives that way. 
USA. <laughs> USA. So the next... So now let's talk about what actually happened. Is this what you believe happened? Well, I don't know yet. I'm undecided. But really? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm taking... I'm searching. All right. The next theory is um, an avalanche. And so obviously when you're in the mountains like this, an avalanche is a is a common thing to happen. The Colat Sackle Mountain, it's not really tall and it's not really steep. So that's where people start arguing that an avalanche wouldn't That it wouldn't have be happened. likely. Right. We're basically talking about a sled riding hill here. I'm kidding. <laughs> of course. You well, looked at me like, dude, that's not what this is. And they pinched their they pinched. They pitched their tent on the side of this mountain. And if there was avalanche risk, I don't know that they would have done that, right? Yeah, you wouldn't think. And Wasn't that kind of a slope? Yeah, and their diaries, because they all kept extensive diaries, their diaries said that there was just a thin layer of snow on yeah. the ground. Like, there, was, there wasn't there was enough snow to just, like, take off and, right. and cause an avalanche. And they, they were, like we said at the beginning, experts. They would be smart enough to know this kind of thing. Yeah, and, I mean, from when I was looking into the avalanche thing, I guess it is, po- it is possible that snow could shift and roll over the group. And, I mean, that would cause them to panic and cut themselves out of the tent. And it would explain why it was cut from the inside. And I guess, too, with avalanches, I guess another one, another, like, sounds like another round of snow can come falling behind it. So that would cause them Like an to, aftershock of yeah. an avalanche. But right. is it enough to force you out of your tent with no shoes on? Well, Where if you're getting trapped inside, if you're getting, if you feel like you're going to get buried alive inside the tent, maybe they felt if they could at least hmm. get out of the tent, they can dig their way out of snow. But if you're trapped into the, in the tent, I don't know. I don't know. You're clearly not going to last more than 20 minutes outside without shoes on. Right. But how long are you going to last underneath the snow? I don't know. Makes sense. If it was a light snow, it makes sense why you'd climb a tree or try to, right? I mean, if it wasn't a huge, those two guys tried climbing up a tree to get higher. If it wasn't a huge avalanche, could, could they not have thought they could climb high enough? I don't think it was an avalanche. Yeah. I discount this theory. Well, the, um, one, there was foot. They found footprints. If there was an avalanche, you would think that there would be more snow that would blow through. That would make that would cover all that up, sense. right? Sure. Right. Um, and this was two weeks later when they found the footprints. Yeah, yeah. And so, and you would think, unless it was the Mansies coming back looking for stuff and couldn't find it. Yeah, but the footprints that they found were visibly like somewhere barefoot, so they knew it was them. And the other thing you would think, too, that any of those big injuries would have happened during the avalanche. So they wouldn't have been able to get away from that area. You know, the people that had the chest trauma would have just stayed right where they were. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's it. And then the other thing when I was reading that they, you know, obviously they were very skilled in doing, you know, in, in survival, being outside and this kind of stuff. I guess the likelihood of freezing to death is way higher than being killed by an avalanche. Absolutely. From what I was reading. So they there's no reason why they would take off like that. As and opposed just to leave what, everything. just being crushed. If it was an avalanche, like you wouldn't leave, you'd stay put and just right. let the snow topple you. Well, it seems like it, if, if it was an avalanche, what it, everything that I read would be that it was a small avalanche, like not enough to completely crush them. But your chances of survival would be better. Than running outside with no shoes on. Right. Like that, they, it seemed like... And from what underwear. I read, yeah, like know. the thing to do would have been just to stay and, right. and just regroup everything. 
Okay. Just trying to point out some facts before we start getting to this weird stuff. <laughs> the two most logical reasons now we have cast aside. I don't believe it was an avalanche. No. And I don't think it was the Manzi either. No. Agree. The Manzi 100%, I feel like you could rule out. Yeah. Agree. 100%. Maybe so. I'm not saying I believe that one either. So, and I the, the next one, one of the most common ones you find out there when you look into this on the internet, we have um, Semyon's camera that shows all the, the, the strange lights. Yep. And we'll post those photos. And there's another picture on one of their previous cameras that show a strange light that some people think are, is a UFO. So there were several geologists in the area close enough to the mountains who reported seeing pulsating orbs flying in the direction of where they were camping on February 1st. Lev Ivanov, who was the head the head guy in charge of the investigation, supported the UFO theory shortly before he died. Yeah, so this corroborating UFO evidence for this scenario. Yeah, this is a little strange. Yeah. Ivanov said that he was forced to remove evidence from his findings that he felt pointed towards that they had an encounter with some type of a UFO. Um, he said that he was forced to remove that the tops of the pine trees in the area were burned in a concentrical pattern. Um, he was forced to remove statements from the geologists about the UFO that they saw in the area and drawings of UFOs that the Manzi had made for him, which they claimed to have seen on February 1st. So That's I mean, a lot of anecdotal evidence for UFOs operating in the area at the time. The thing with this theory, with this Ivanov coming out and saying it, what's the sense in him saying this right before he dies? You know what I mean? I don't think he was sure. like thinking in his head, oh, I'm going to be an asshole and just, just muddy this up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, he, he was, was the head the, guy. He was the one leading the investigation. Yeah, he was the head guy in the investigation. I mean, not to say it's true, but it's plausible that he recorded these accounts from people and the Soviet government had him redacted from the final report. Yeah. I mean, that's plausible. Right. Cause when I was, when I was looking into this, the Soviet union at this time considered any talk of UFOs to be a pseudo religious topic. Look, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, they viewed it as like basically like a, like a cult religious kind of yeah. idea. You know, what else was a religious topic was Annalise. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Ian, I find it interesting that of all the theories we have listed here, uh, this was the only one where there was no opposition thoughts listed for it. <laughs> I'm mean, just saying. How can you refute that, though? It's It all is very perfect. There were eyewitness accounts of people seeing the orbs in the sky. They saw lights. They saw lights. Look, they said orbs. You say lights, I say orbs. <laughs> well, they said orbs. That's why. Yeah. Pulsating orbs. Pulsating orbs. Said. Blinking lights. That's blinking <laughs> lights. It's pulsating orbs. Maybe they were on their way to pick up Barney and Betty Hill in New mm-hmm. Hampshire. And they were. But that was a little bit. What was Betty and Barney Hill? 661. Yes. Yeah, and this is 59. Maybe they're just making their way Taking slowly their time, through. sightseeing. Yeah. So, okay. Why, why would, the, why would this be a UFO? What, what do we think like from like an alien or visiting uh mindset why would we think they would come to some remote freezing cold area and like you know i guess this is the first time and you know i have no experience with studying ufos or aliens these people were attacked and hurt 
that that doesn't seem to fit in with what I don't know that they were attacked and hurt. I'm not ready to believe that. That lady's lips, eyes, and tongue were missing. Yeah. So I'm not sure of that. You don't think that that was true? I think some of that may have been post-mortem, you know, animal There was another guy eye missing. Well, if they're all frozen, though. I mean, is there there a lot of animals roaming around out here at this time that's going to do all that? Well, from some of the arguments that I read... We didn't hear any evidence about animal attacks. Yeah, from what I read, there's a lot of people that are really familiar with the area that said there wouldn't be any type of animal in that area that would be a scavenger like that Mm. and do something like that. So my question was... And it wasn't trying to debunk it. My question yeah. was, that seems very odd for a UFO right. to hurt people like that. So if you... Now, I, I do believe that if there was a UFO, they'd be running around scared out of their right. mind. They might leave the tent. But these people, some of them were hurt, had chest trauma and head trauma. Before I answer some of those questions on the UFO thing, there's also a theory of secret missile launches in the area. Sure. Sure. That the Soviet Union was known for testing missiles in this area. So to go back on why a UFO would be in the area, a lot of UFO sightings happen around areas where humans are testing missiles and, and military stuff. Like around in the 40s, you know, 50s, 60s, there's tons of UFO sightings around our nuclear plants. And there's some there are some stories where they even would like that some had an like emergency lockdown because they thought it was mm-hmm. the Soviet Union or somebody else scouting out our our nuclear sure. areas. So I mean, it was a crazy time back yeah, then. Yeah. So if you want to make the argument of why a UFO would be there, you could say because the Soviet <laughs> Union was launching missiles, and it seems like whoever's in the UFOs are interested in what we're doing with military stuff. And then if you wanted to get into the eyes and tongue missing, you could look at like cattle mutilation stuff where okay. there's all the mystery, you know, mysterious stuff with cows with their tongues missing and eyes missing and weird surgical stuff done to them. That's my, but own. with all these tests being done and missiles and rockets. Yeah. Couldn't this just be people seeing things that the government's doing and making their own stories of it? Even in the government itself, people aren't aware of other tests and missiles and things going on in in flying crafts. Yeah, 100%. And it would, the missile launch would explain the radiation that they had on them. I think this one is very likely the missile launch. I think that could very well be it. And you and I were talking off recording. Why would you, who thought of testing for radiation in this situation? So someone brought Geiger counters with them right. to this operation. And why? Right. If you're looking for lost people and you see that they've all died, most of them have died from hypothermia. Why bring out a Geiger counter? It's That's just very it's problematic because it was so secretive in the Soviet Union during this time. And a lot of these and things this are was still the locked height, up. The height of all of the oh, testing. 100%. Yeah. Were in a, so who knows? I mean, it could be anything. Yeah, in the midst of the Cold War. Um, so now here's the most fun. <laughs> I believe that this is probably what happened here. No, it's not because you already said you have your own thought. You wanted to save to the end. <laughs> this is the end. Oh, I, so I believe this that it? this is probably this... close to what happened. Let's get into it. All right. So the next theory is the Yeti. Um, the they only... make a dynamite koozie. Yeah. I really want a Yeti cooler. Expensive as shit. Yeah, very expensive. <laughs> Real expensive. 
Um, the only evidence to support this, well, not not the only evidence, because Dave's got some <clears throat> that I didn't include here. But one of the main things is from Thibaut Brianol's camera that shows a dark, unknown figure standing in the woods. And to me, it definitely looks a lot bigger than a person. Absolutely, it looks like a Sasquatch. So yeah, I just saw the foot. photo once. A little bit ago, and if you you've probably seen the the picture because we posted it as the teaser pick for this episode, so you've all seen it. If not, go back and check it out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I so I saw it briefly. It does look creepy, but it's far away. It's hard to tell how big the object is. And I've seen you know doing research that scientists have said the dimensions more match a human than. Yeah, you know, a big big footer. I guess the, something about the arms not being yeah. long. I, I don't know. Who knows though? I why mean, is, no one's it, why is that picture on there? The photo yeah. was creepy as shit. Yeah, it's very creepy. I mean, it definitely didn't look like one of them in the in the woods. No, it looked not at all. A lot bigger. Why would they have a picture like that? Yeah, it's very weird. But the thought is that the yeti followed them and then attacked them on the night that they died, and that would explain these. Like car crash type injuries. I mean, you would think a Yeti would be able to fuck you up. I don't think that's what happened. But then you said that like the Mansi, it wasn't them because they weren't all attacked. They didn't all have that damage. Yeah. So would the Yeti only have attacked three of them? Maybe. maybe. So I think the Yeti initially scared these people in their tent. And this is this is what you actually believe. Right. So I think this is plausible that something terrified them. Everyone's in the tent. Maybe a couple people are outside taking pics like we talked about earlier. So they quickly exit the tent. They run down the slope. They make their way. It looks like they started a small fire, you know, down at the end of the hill. You know, we talked about someone have climbing the tree in the branches. Someone climbs the tree to see if it's safe, you know, at the tent, if they see anything at the tent. Wanting to see if it's safe to return to the tent. It looks like based on the pattern where people died, three of them tried to get back to the tent. Each of them dies of hypothermia, you know, along the way at, at varying spots. Meanwhile, the two Yuris, they die of hypothermia right there. The four that are left, they take some of their clothes, which we found that they, you know, they were located with later. They go deeper into the woods, probably to escape whatever, you know, whatever was taking place. Or they fall into this ravine and causes that catastrophic injury that does all the damage to their chest cavities and everything else. And then, you know, they lose their eyes and lips and whatnot, maybe from animal mutilation later. So I think that whole part is plausible. But what caused them to initially leave the tent? So that's where I'm at. So I think the whole secondary part of this is plausible. But what causes them to cut themselves out of the tent like that? And the other thing was those guys climbing the tree climbed apparently very rapidly, though, so that it it almost as it sounded like something was right there. Chasing them, not not Pop. just to to climb up to yeah, check. Yeah, maybe the tent. I don't know that. I mean, you I don't can know if you're ascertain that, that, but maybe to see to what was going on at the tent, if it was safe to go back. But believing all of this means you believe in a yeti or, or the yeti. Well, I, I more believe the second stage of this. It, it's plausible that they ran down the hill. Two of them died of hypothermia because they had no fucking shoes on, and it was negative twenty. A couple of them said, all right, we're going to try to go back up. They died on their way back up. The other four fell into this ravine. I think it was, you know, a nine-foot drop. Yeah. If there were rocks at the bottom bottom of the ravine, you know, that could have caused that massive right. trauma to their chest. I think that, that part's plausible. But what makes these experienced level three hikers, 
run out of their tent in the middle of the night well, with no su- fucking shoes on. To support the Eddie thing, you had that uh, that note that they found, that piece Additionally, of Additionally, nearby... Well, now we're throwing extra evidence out here that I was unaware of. So outside of that, at, you know, at this at the tent site, they found a scrap of paper nearby, and the words written on the scrap of paper were, from now on, we know that snowmen exist. So what does that mean? Who wrote that? What does it mean? This is the first I've heard of this. This is new. Snowmen. Has that ever been a term for... Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the, the Yeti. I that's, guess the abominable the, snowman. That's snowman. what the Yeti is, yeah. the abominable snowman, right? Yeah. That's interesting. So if I'm going to go that, with... I mean, that's, that's a thinker. That one's new. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't I know if that's what caused them to run out of that tent, but I think... This Why stuff, the fuck would you write that and not run out of your tent? Well, because there's, there's evidence that these guys in their final night were doing like a mock newspaper kind of thing that explained... What was it? What they were doing for the past couple of days? Yeah, they made they just threw, about their experience stuff. So who knows? What through, they were yeah, throughout their hike, like at night or whatever, they would make up this newspaper that they were writing for fun. So but, it could have been someone writing that and throwing it. That away. also sounds very likely then. But the, the second part of this sounds plausible. What you know, running down this this pass into the ravine and the, the but is that and, is that part ever disputed? Like what the the theory you said, Dave, mm-hmm. about post something scaring them? I a hundred percent agree with you. Right. But is that disputed by people? Kind of that that theory that you laid out? Well, I think the traumatic chest injuries and the, it's, well, it's but you all said it. Disputed. Yeah, I think it's someone all could disputed. fall. Like okay, that all that all makes sense. But I think there's people that have come out and did like a. The height versus the fall, and right. plus would that snow, cause that type of snow to right. kind of brace yeah. the impact? Like, exactly. would that cause that bad of chest trauma? But that's what the official, I think, the official story was. Was what you said? Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. I, I don't know. I, I don't. If I'm gonna go with the I'm Yeti a realist, theory, I just like facts and everything that you said and what what is observed as what happened based on the report. That makes sense to me. But I, I, this whole episode is about what started that. What made them leave their tent right. and, and, and go into weather where they knew they were probably going to die because they were smart enough to know we shouldn't be out in the cold dressed like this. Yeah. Why did that happen? If I'm going to go with the Yeti theory, I would say that they took a picture of it and then at some point they wrote that on the piece of paper. Right. And that picture was early in the trip. Right, it was before that they it was before they died. Yeah, there's a picture, there's the Was that the, was that the first guy who was sick still with him at that point when they no, took that No. No, it, it was, was already after, after yeah, left him. They had been up on this the main part of their Okay. of the the trek or whatever. Um so I think they would have taken the picture, wrote that on the piece of paper at some point, and then I could, if I'm going to go with the yay thing, I could, I could see them getting su- getting scared by it yeah. and frantically leaving the yeah. tent. I could see the two running and trying to climb a tree to get away from it, freaking out, and they all kind of dispersed. You could say that the other three fell down and that caused it, or you could even say that the Yeti actually attacked them and caused it and then when the other ones realized like it went that way the coast is kind of clear tried to come back to the camp and died trying to get back so maybe this is me being drunk then 
but how does the factor of other people going to get their clothes factor into all of that? Those two guys at the campfire died early. I think they died, and they had first. no attack. Yeah. They had no no attacks on them. So the people who were attacked by the yeti or by a fall were still alive. Got their clothes. Yeah, I think and stayed around. I think those people died first. The other three tried to go back to the tent. Died on their way up. The why other, would those other? Why would those two, two guys have died first? Because they the had the UVs? least amount of clothing on and no shoes. Because they were stripped after the fact. Not well, not fully stripped. There was only um, only a few items taken yeah. off. Well, of those them. four remaining people, I think, after they died, took their clothes. And where were and those? Try, four, in your in your theory, where were those four people when the other two had died? Weren't they all out at that point? They took the deceased individual's clothing and retreated further back into the woods where they fell into the ravine, which I think caused that traumatic chest and other injuries. See, another thing against this theory, though, is that the footprints leading down out of the tent down to the pass show that they were running at first, but then slowed to a walking single file pace. Yeah. Kind of like if you were being marched at gunpoint down the hill single file Mancy's. slowly so that's a yeah. that's one of the things against my theory but again that's also probably why all these theories pop up because there's a little bit of evidence to support any one that's of exactly these right. yeah. and then it's up to all of us to just pick well I like that one the best and here's all the reasons why <laughs> right. and I like this one the best because here's all the reasons why it's a very strange what are the odds that story? any of these theories we're talking about are actually the truth I don't know yeah I don't know. So the the last one we'll get into, this one comes from the book uh, Dead Mountain. The guy that wrote that believes that it was that this whole thing was caused by infrasound. So there's a rare weather phenomenon called the Carmen Vortex Street. Which has been approved, uh, like proven. Yeah. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah. And it's basically when wind blows over a mountain, and if it blows over just right, it creates this vortex which is like a mini tornado. The vortex creates a sound called infrasound, which is proven to have negative effects on people. So the sound's too low to actually like audibly hear it, but it still affects you. And it's in tests and stuff, it causes like irrational fear. Like you, you're terrified. Cause it's and you like, don't know why. Right, it like fucks up your head. You're like, what the fuck's happening right now? Um... So it's thought that this vortex was produced coming over the mountain and they just panicked. They didn't know. They were just all of a sudden like terrified, freaked out and took off. And once they got far enough away from the sound, they They started walking single file. What the hell did we do? We don't have any fucking shoes on. That plays right into what you had thought. Yeah. And then, you know, it's thought that. But then. Okay. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but, anyway, but it's thought. it's thought that they were just like, you know, stranded at that point in But once the sound stopped, you would think that these people would have been smart enough to know, okay, everything's okay. We need to get back to well, the Well, that's what I said. No, those three people I said but tried to get back. Three of them went back. Yeah. I I, it, it, when I read the book, the theory was that they all had split up. Like they all because they just panicked and ran. Right. So the two tried to start the fire and it didn't. They died. Yeah. The three that ended up falling down. Right. That's uh, four, four that fell down. Yeah. 
found their clothes and tried to get because down that ravine was that river that they had previously stayed at so the theory is is that they were heading back there to get those supplies okay took the clothes fell had the the problem and then the other three were trying to get back to the camp and died on the way back so my only problem with this theory is that i don't think it would affect all nine of these people in the same way but how do you know it did well, because they all, everyone cut out of this tent and ran, you know. But they down all this went hill. different ways. They all maybe had different agendas. At the bottom of the hill, though, like what do we think it freaked them out so bad initially that they all, you know what I mean? Well, it, that's, like that's they what all I had the initial feeling. That's what I think is interesting about this theory is what does it do to you mentally? It just makes you completely makes you terrified. Af- so maybe is there levels to that? It just seems terrified? unlikely that everyone reacted in the same way. I guess it's possible. It's just, but that's the thing with this story is like every theory you're like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, but then like with this one, okay, the infrasound, it it makes scientific sense. Why the fuck did they have radiation on their clothes? There's always another piece, and infrasound is a proven thing. It's not just some made up theory. Right, that's a real thing. But I guess if this was a very simple answer, then this wouldn't really be. Well, yeah, I know. You know, there would be a reason to it, and we'd figure it out. Sixty years later, we still don't know what what the what fucking happened. You don't want to say it. What's make it fun? Because nine people died, but it's what makes this debate fun tonight. So sound like a dick. So Dave, you uh, you're on the Yeti theory. I I think I am. Like I believe, I I think it's plausible that all this stuff that happened after they left the tent. I I think the Yeti I, theory is the most fun, and that's the one I want to believe. I just I don't I just I don't believe there's a, a Yeti. I mean, I, I think there's a Yeti. I believe in the Yeti. I mean, I think it could exist. Yeah, I think it could. Yeah, but I think I believe in Bigfoot, and I believe in the Yeti. I always go back to in this day and age, there would be some kind of more evidence or, or photo. I've seen something. a photo of Bigfoot. And I, think, I don't I th- know what you're talking about. I th- I want, we posted a photo of the Yeti on our on our Instagram. I, I'm trying to picture myself in this tent when it's negative fucking 20 degrees and what makes me... Were they doing drugs? Wait, you always go back to the drugs. <laughs> yes, because that's the most reasonable answer for any well, of I this. guess this is 1959. It's pre-acid days. I don't, I don't know what kind of... Oh, I don't know Drugs. what they had. But I'm trying to picture Soviet myself in this tent. Cold War. What, make, <laughs> what makes me so frightened that I leave this tent without my shoes, some of these people, and go out in a negative 20 degrees? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The realist. The Yeti seems plausible. The realist in me goes back to the Mansi one. That's which what I don't, you buy? I, don't, I didn't say that. Right. The realist in me thinks that because... 200 feet away are these people. They're pissed off. They're angry. But then, like we said, they didn't steal anything. They didn't attack everybody. Right. But And half the people died of hypothermia. But could just the Mansies being close by have scared these people? But they were, they, before they, they, there's pictures of them with the Mansie. Like, they ran into the Mansie and were having a normal... Yeah. They, they were friendly they with them. They shared some vodka with them. Yeah. I don't think that's it. Yeah, they were friendly with them. I, I, I'm just saying that's what the yeah. real... I, I don't necessarily believe the UFO. I don't think. Um, Just the radiation. The secret secret rocket launch, maybe. So what do you believe? I mean, if I have to. Dave saying Yeti. If I have. uh, I don't know. That's going to seem like a cop out. I don't believe it's any one of these. None of them. No. 
I mean, no. You know, the U.S. government did a lot of shitty things during the Cold War, from the Tuskegee Airmen to MK Ultra. So, who knows if you know it's the same thing over there, and they didn't stumble upon some sort of Soviet test site, and they just killed all of them. Absolutely, say something like that. I think I don't think that's out of the question. I don't. I don't think. I think there's there's something to be said about each one of these. But I don't, the pictures didn't do a lot for me. And I know like that's a big one for the UFO. Yeah. I think those pictures are just really shitty photos that don't show us a, a, a thing. So I have an alternate theory. So I have this theory where these hikers worked at a summer camp and a little boy named Ivan drowned because they were all busy fucking. <laughs> and Ivan's mom came back and killed all of them as revenge. That's that's Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, that's right. That is Friday the Thirteenth. I didn't get that because I don't think I've seen Friday the Thirteenth. Shit. Sorry, I got confused. The Russian, uh, Russian Friday the Thirteenth. Not Jason Ivan. Fuck. Is that the? That's the plot. That's the plot of Friday the Thirteenth. I've not seen it. You've never what? Seen, You've never seen Friday the Thirteenth. I just only the Halloweens, man. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right, never mind. That's not a real theory. <laughs> as soon as you said real theory, Ian looks at me and goes, "This isn't good." This isn't good. Ooh, I drank a lot tonight. It's a good show. <laughs> so, right, so, like, so, what do I look up? Like Russian Friday the Thirteenth to watch that one? I would be scared to look up something like that. <laughs> so years ago, when I when I first heard about this, I thought it was UFOs. Then last year, when I read Dead Mountain, I was sold on the infrasound theory. And then when I started looking into this again, doing the outline, then I'm then I was back to the UFO thing. I, th- I I really I'm like why would this why would the head investigator the Ivanov why would he come out and say this shit right before he died yeah I, yeah and why was there why were there burns all over the tops of the trees in the area I mean you could say the rocket launch thing but does anyone yeah. else actually have proof of the burns at the top of the trees or was that just him saying that that was what he he, he said, said there's he was, evidence of that that's locked away right. Where does the radiation come from, though? That's what I mean. That's why I either believe the UFO theory or the rocket launch theory. Because the rocket launch would explain the burns, too. If I have to pick one of these, I'd pick the rocket launch. Theory is mine. Yeah, I mean, it's still... The Yeti is still... I want to believe that, but until there's actual evidence or proof. The radiation thing's a wild card in here. I don't know where the radiation comes from. That's a really weird twist in this story. Yeah, That's what brings me back to the UFO or the rocket launch theory. Still doesn't explain why their eyes and stuff are missing if it's true that there's no animals in the area. Yeah, but what place has no animals that feast? Yeah, But why would it only eat a few bits of them, not all of them, and only a few of them? That's true. That's why this story is so odd and it's never been solved. I mean, who just eats, like, the eyeballs and the tongue? It's true. Yeah. The first thing you're... Well, I don't know what the fucking animal's going to bite You know what's another weird postscript to this story that I read? Or that I, uh, I, you know, I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos on this. Is that the one girl, they tested to see if she was sexually active after this. To kind of rule out like infighting with the males oh, to determine yeah. the relationship. That's kind of weird. Like, the way hymen check on this girl. 
Yeah, that's strange. Because there was just the one chick, right? Well, there's, there's two. two. Too. But one was the, the a very pretty Sorry, girl. All these names, the videos. all these names yeah. ran together to me. I don't yeah, know what tough. was what. So they hymen checked this girl to make sure none of the other hikers were banging her. But that doesn't. Might, they would get jealous and then just take off. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah they're all going to leave strange. the tent because yeah. of it. I know that there was another theory this too. Well, story. and just because she had no, like, how do you do that? Just a lack of hymen doesn't mean she was banging these right. fucking I mean, clowns, yeah. right? <laughs> Well, I, and it's 1959, Dave. We don't know what this And some girls don't even have a hymen, so it's this is a the very true strange story. thing. This is the true story of nine strangers <laughs> living in a tent in the Soviet <laughs> Union. <laughs> Real world. Russia. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think UFO or rocket launch. But the Yeti thing is super interesting, especially with that picture. I Maybe the Eddie has the radiation on him. Who the fuck knows? Again, I think the secondary part of this is plausible. I, yeah. But what scared I, I, these people so much to get out of their tent like that? I agree I with you on the, the secondary part. Yeah. Like That all sounds very plausible to me. Something scared them enough to all piece the fuck out of that tent. Right. Everything else that happened, I think, can be explained. But what would make these experienced, you know, whatever, they level two, level three hikers... They were We're trying to be level three. In negative 20 fucking degree weather with no clothes on. It's crazy. I think it's... uh, So your final answer was the UFO. Or the rocket launch. Or the the rocket launch. You're you're the Yeti. If you had a pick from this. Or you're you're Friday the 13th Russia. I I don't know. I would go rocket launch if I have to pick one of these. But like I said, I think it's something else. So in the Soviet yeah. Union, just the, the government went in and just killed these people. Maybe, maybe they, they saw very something. They, they saw something they shouldn't have seen. Yeah, maybe, and that was it. I think that's one hundred percent possible, especially with the walking, you know, single file down. But footprints suggest that they yeah. could have been at gunpoint being led down the hill. But then, but then, then again, five then of them it, died of hypothermia. So that doesn't make sense either. Well, you could have just hurt them enough that they laid there. But they didn't have any frozen. other injuries on them, except for the one had a, a tiny skull fracture. Right. Right? That wouldn't have killed them. It's all very strange. But that we know of. We yeah, don't, I mean, also the, don't know what evidence is missing. Yeah, that's true too. And well, then I don't know about, what well, who was it, Ivanov? What was the, the... The investigator. The investigator, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, was he in the government pocket at that point? Just told to say UFOs, throw them off? Possibly. Yeah, right. It's a very strange story. Well, you think they forced him to say UFOs before he died? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I'm just... I don't, know. I don't trust this fucking government. I think it's up to uh, everybody on Instagram and stuff to, you know, to I weigh wonder, in at this point. Should this be our first Twitter poll? Where I put up these theories, maybe like I'll yeah. pick, I think you can do four. I'll put up three of these theories. So what do you want to do? Yeti, UFO, and rocket. Soviet Union government. And yeah, government cover up. So Yeti, I'm making notes as we talk here. Yeti. What if Fleischman possessed all, one of these guys and he killed everyone else? If what? What if Fleischman, <laughs> the priest from Germany from the 1600s, possessed one of these hikers and, and he killed all of them? You're using the possession of a young girl as a joke. Hope you feel I, okay about that. It's, <laughs> it's not a joke. I'm being completely serious. If Fleischman could have traveled from Germany to the Soviet Union and possessed the hikers, so here's one what, of the hikers to kill the other hikers. We'll, we'll consider that the other category. <laughs> so here's what we'll do. 
Later, kill him. Kill him all. Later this week, <laughs> we'll put up a poll on Twitter. Be our first poll we ever did. We'll see how the feedback goes. We'll give you four topics, uh, uh, four theories, uh, Yeti, cover up by the government, UFO or other. Which would be Fleischman. Which could be Fleischman. It could be anything. Other could be anything. If you think it's not one of those three, click other. But if you click other, send us a uh, tweet us or Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and let us know what you think it might be. I think, and we'll uh, see how this poll goes. We'll see if, if people actually give a shit about polls. I like the Ivan theory. Yeah, what if it was Ivan's mom that came back and killed the summer camp <laughs> Again, counselors? Because they were all fucking Look, guys, and Ivan was drowning I mean, in Camp Crystal. Crystal. Uh, <laughs> Camp. Uh, <laughs> I think Twitter Twitter gives you four fucking options. Okay, I can't put all of these. We'll Camp put that, Crystal Oblast. We'll put that in other. All right. So, Ian, anything else with Dietlov Pass incident? Nope. Nothing we didn't uh, touch on. No, I'm I'm as confused as I was earlier as in the week. Else, probably. Yeah. And I also appreciate the fact that you said. Uh, the Dyatlov pass, the Dyatlov name, every different way possible as we went through this story. You managed to say yeah. love, Diet love. I think all of the above. Christy tried to help me, but I think I failed. Hopefully we keep her sponsorship with Just Brew Coffee. <laughs> oh, she's Ukrainian, not Russian. What does she know? Oh, boy. I'll leave that one on you. <laughs> Dave, you got anything else for this episode? No, it's a... It was a crazy story. It's why I believe it's still unexplained to this day. Just, yeah, this one was fun. I don't think we'll ever know what happened here. No. It's fun talking about it, though. And Much postulating like- as to, you know, what took place. So, all right. Well, uh, first of all, anybody who's going to judge me for not seeing, uh, what is it, Friday the 13th, whatever, I don't care. I'm going to judge you for Sorry. not knowing even Haven't what to it. say Friday the 13th. So, no, I, yeah. Friday the th- I, d- I would not have known the plot of that movie. I'm sorry. I'm a Halloween guy. There's Absolutely a, there's r- much, fucking ridiculous. Much like there's a dr- line in the sand and you're either a lethal weapon guy or a diehard guy and you must pick one. <laughs> I am a Halloween guy over a Friday the 13th and over a Freddy Krueger. And that's it. I am loyal to my one side <laughs> and I don't give a shit about the rest. <laughs> That's my story. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a diehard guy. I know you've never even seen Die Hard. I won't watch You're it because I'm a lethal weapon ridiculous. guy. I'm a lethal weapon fan. I'm not going to cheat on it with Die Hard. That's, that's, I'm sorry. That's a whole other episode we can argue about one day. Um, all right. Uh, Ian, I think we got some shout outs this week. Yeah. So um, I want to say first, thank you to everybody. We had our best download day ever the other day and just being a little over a month into it. The downloads incredible. are awesome. Yeah. Um, but I want to give a shout out for Instagram people to Davis VR, Macy L. Bry, Brittany Lee nine. And then for Twitter, uh, womb Raider 23. <laughs> I'm going to interject right there real quick yeah. uh, and thank Brittany. She sided with me on last week's debate as to whether or not Annalise's parents should have been in trouble. She agreed that uh, given the situation at that time, they should not have. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you for listening. Brittany, you're wrong. <laughs> and um, <laughs> iTunes, um, Yum Lou and Flawless KB gave us awesome uh, five-star reviews. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. I had just one. I know Possessed Annalise wanted to give a shout-out to Dakota Shaver. Dakota, fuck me, fuck me. 
<laughs> Big fan. <laughs> I think at least might be bigger than this podcast at this point. Um, thank you to everybody who has reached out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, leaving your ratings and reviews on iTunes. We passed as of yesterday 10,000 downloads, and we have only been around for two months. It is fucking incredible how uh, how much you guys have supported us since we started. It's I, We would have never guessed that people would want to listen to three dudes drink beer and talk about this shit, but... We, uh, we are very appreciative. Twitter and Instagram at Necronomapod, Facebook.com slash Necronomapod. Uh, please hit us up. Send us your thoughts. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs> Let's go.